This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. She is the diva of style and has been dressing the cinema icons for more than 3 decades. From fashion shows to films to styling weddings and more, Neeta Lulla has worked tirelessly without a break for 3 decades. Over 350 films old, Neeta Lulla is the only costume designer to have been bestowed with a national award four times over. Lamhe Devdas, Jodha Akbar and Bal Gandharva. The only one to be invited by the Academy for the Oscar jury. Neeta Lulla has reinvented fashion in films, has rejuvenated bridal campaigns and redefined herself in every decade. Over to Lulla who talks about her early days for Mattel influences and her fascination for style and show business. Welcome Neeta Lulla to Meri Kahani Show. I'm excited to travel your journey on the podcast. Neeta, I'm very curious to know that when did you first become conscious of a good fabric or a great color or style? How did it happen to you? Do you remember that freezing moment? Thank you so much for having me on this uh, podcast Bhavna. I'm really yes. honored that uh, you are doing this interview with me and um, going to your question um you know my uh, at the time when I was in school we never had a lot of fashion magazines. We had just like a random six, in 6 months we used to get one cosmopolitan or one magazine which was called the 17 there was no vogue nothing available at that point in time so my dad used to buy me these magazines ki uh, because i was a complete tomboy to ki kabhi kabhar dekh ke kuch na kuch acha pehn legi meri beti you know? <laughs> so um he bought me these magazines and i used to look at the pictures i used to scan through the pictures and at that point in time uh, it was uh, the naomi campbell era where she was all of 16 17 and you know they we, i saw these lovely outfits on on uh, on these models and um, but i never picked up the clothes i picked up uh, their sense of wearing scarves wearing uh, coordinating the clothes differently and i think that, that is when i I kind of had some interest in uh clothes per se more towards coordination and styling and my mm-hmm. mom used to normally just pick up uh you know pictures from newspapers and um, make those garments for me like lahu ke dorang ke shabana ji ki saadi was made for me for my 16th birthday and or khubsurat ki jo churidar kurta bandi was made for my regular wear and um, you know uh, those were the kind of things that i saw um, in my time but i saw a lot of my aunts and my mom and all doing hand embroidery on their sarees on a on a lazy stone gobbing and doing embroidery so i think that is my twist with fabric but were your mother and your aunt extremely well dressed and stylish or oh, they were absolutely extremely well dressed and stylish and uh, you know their hand me downs their sarees which they never wore more than twice or thrice would be cut up and made into our formal wear for weddings and in fact for the film thalaivi which i have just styled i took an inspiration from one of my mom's sarees and made a similar saree for kangana in the film because it was matching the same time period hmm. 
So uh, from the tomboy girl who your father was trying to make you into a feminine girl, but you were more interested in coordination and the accessories and how the whole style looked. How did you decide the course of your career? I mean, you went through the normal school and college, of course. So in terms of my normal course of work, there was nothing normal uh, with my uh, earlier days of uh, uh, college or um, work because Bhavna, I I got married at 16 on for the reason that I didn't want to study. And uh, I got married into a very well-educated family, in fact, a family of doctors and uh, uh, scholars. And they said, you must study. And uh, with great difficulty, uh, they got down to either you follow a, uh, a hobby of, you know, uh, cooking or tailoring. I said, uh, tailoring sounds good because at least and that's how I, I took up tailoring but then they got me admit uh, they got my admission into a college which was well reputed for uh, fashion design and i went mm-hmm. to sndt university uh, college in in uh, um, mumbai and uh, you know one thing led to another led to another and uh, yeah i'm where i am today so i remember coming for your fashion show in the sndt college and even then, one had not envisioned that you were going to enter movies and make costumes for the stars. Absolutely not. In fact, uh, that's uh, in college is when Hemant Trivedi and Jeannie Noroji took me under their wings to uh, become a choreographer. In fact, Jeannie Noroji was very upset that I was uh, working on a film project at that point in time. You know, because she saw a great potential in me in terms of becoming a fashion choreographer or a mainstream designer slash, uh, you know, um, someone who could make a mark in the industry. Mm. And she felt that I would lose that if I joined films. And uh, um, But uh, because I was helping my brother-in-law do his film Tamacha, I uh, worked on that project and... uh, Prior to that, for two years, it was more about um, choreography and styling shows and Mm -hmm. shoots. So, um, yeah, and I never thought I would do films. So how did the doors of the film fraternity open for you? Uh, When I did Tamacha, um, it was a very different kind of a look that was given to uh, the kind of clothes I worked on for Kimi Katkar and Bhanu Priya. And... um, the clothes got noticed uh, very much because it was very avant-garde. It was very uh, new age. And uh, ever since that, um, there was no looking back because immediately I got phone calls from uh, Juhi, from Sri Devi, from Swapna, from Salma Aga to work on their clothes. And um, I, that the entire circle and the cycle started. This was around which year? This was around 8889. Hmm. And uh, how do you think uh, your career ascended? Like, uh, do you associate it with a particular star or do you associate it with a particular film? I don't know um, how to say that. I would, uh, you know, if I take it from the point of view that I started working with Sri Devi immediately, I would say my career skyrocketed immediately after Tamacha because um, within the year I started working with Sri Devi. And, um, you know, 
I've never kind of uh, looked back to say that my career graph ascended uh, in a particular format because at that point in time, I was working on films and I was working on mainstream bridal simultaneously. Hmm. You know, for somebody who has done about 350 films and won four national awards for different films like Lamhe, Devdas, Jodha Akbar and uh, Bal Gandharva, you know, the range is amazing because you are doing clothes for rural movies, you're doing period drama, you're doing historicals. So how does it happen? Do you have the bandwidth for it? Where does the research come from? What is the process? Let's just say that in terms of the bandwidth, I'm very greedy for different kind of work. I'm completely greedy. And... Sometimes I really wonder how did I get the bandwidth for it or how did I get the inclination towards it. And um, the only thing that I remember is that when I graduated from college and I took up uh, teaching in college, um, my um, then principal, doctor, uh, late Dr. Anderi, had told me that, you know, I want you to do a doctorate in history of costumes. And uh, me being someone who would fall asleep reading a book, um, <laughs> told her I will never study I don't want to study so I took up uh, a teaching coordination which was easier because you know I had to speak to the uh, students and um, teach them how to coordinate clothes and style clothes differently draping etc but mm. uh, looking back I don't know what she saw in me that she uh, wanted me to do a doctorate in uh, history of costumes world costumes and Indian costumes mm. uh, that today I realize that I am doing that by default when I'm working on films because um when I do a film, I take up at least six months of research, which involves the research that, of course, what the director gives. Apart from that, my own research, illustrating mm. my characters, sketching it, visualizing it, and mm. then um, buying and sourcing of the fabrics and surface ornamentation of the fabrics. All mm. this research and recce takes me at least six to eight months on a big project because each film that I do... Um, has consists of at least more than 2,500 costumes per film. You know, some of them have 3,000 like Panipat. But uh, yeah, all of them have a variant of more than 2,500 costumes. I do the entire film. Mm. And uh, how? what is the team of yours? What is the strength of the team? So when I worked on Hamdil Dejuke Sanam, it was just me. I didn't have any assistance. And I did all the clothes for all the ladies in the films. Um, when I did Devdas, I it was the first time that, you know, uh, any designer had assistance and I had four assistants at that point in time. Then for uh, Jodha Akbar, I had a team of five to six assistants and um I had a team of tailors, about 10 tailors on set. And uh, my back-end team is, consists of at least 20 to 25 people. Some of them outsource, some of them in-house. So it's, it's, a, it's a team of uh, a number of people who work with me on a particular project where I take up the entire project. So I want you to take us briefly through the stages. For example, uh, the director briefs you. You get your research from him, then you do your research, which takes about six months. Then there are, what do you do? Then there are sketches you make. Uh, so once the director gives me the script, 
um i listen to his point of storytelling and i understand you know the way he is looking at uh, projecting uh, the canvas for example when i did devdas um, sanjay bansali wanted the canvas to be much larger than life then uh, you know how devdas was made earlier and mm. uh, it was like you just go and make it as magnanimous as your uh, imagination goes so mm. um I understand the vision of the director then I read the script and um, I read the script once then I ask someone else to read it to me because like I said I'm not a I'm almost dyslexic when it comes to reading so mm. then I ask someone to read it to me or I I put it on an audio so that um I kind of start uh, imagining characters I start imagining the uh, uh, people it's not about the actors at that point in time it is more about the characters then I I go through it a third time where I understand uh, I see how I see a character in what colors I see the character and somehow every character talks to me every color or print talks to me you know i it's almost like if i'm talking about it in an animated way i would say that mujhe please aap uh, uh, kiran ji ko de do you know that kind of an animation goes mm. in my mind mm. and then i work on sketching what is in my vision i put that on a rough sketch and then i get illustrators to kind of illustrate my vision for for me and mm. um in the colors that i see them in and in the kind of print and motifs that i see with them in the meanwhile i'm also sourcing like uh, maybe a weave or a texture or a print or color schemes that i'm looking at putting uh, onto the the palette of the film of the canvas and uh, eventually when everything is ready then i sit with the director with the uh, camera person and the art director to show them the kind of color schemes i'm seeing sometimes to um, help uh, even the background to get a kind of a, a color story so that you know my colors are supported well sometimes mm. to understand uh, like for example in jodha akbar where uh, kiran deon's work with only natural lighting so i have to be very careful with colors and in, in jodha akbar we worked with just five colors for the rajputs and five colors for the moguls so then in terms of uh, natural lighting what is the kind of fabrics that i can use for example for natural lighting for kiran deon's i couldn't use brocade so brocade was recreated on mull and cotton mm-hmm. so it had like a matte uh, effect mm-hmm. so things like this uh, i get into technicalities and then i get into the technicalities of the cut and fit that i would like to give the actor and then mm-hmm. when the actor actor is on board then i sit with the actor and understand their uh, thought process their comfort levels and what mm-hmm. they are uh, you know comfortable wearing are there certain colors that they are not, they are not comfortable with mm-hmm. and uh, then from there i give them a brief on the kind of characterization i'm looking at and uh, the kind of hair i want the kind of makeup i want mm-hmm. the hair and the makeup is it normally a part of the costume designers uh... Bhavna, for the longest time, it always was. So I'm yeah. used to uh, that way of working. So even yeah. if the uh, actor has their own hair makeup team, I give them the suggestions because there's a particular visualization of character that I have done with the director, mm-hmm. and I would like it in that way uh, for the canvas. you know it's not about uh, at that point in time it's not about creating glamour it's about creating 
um, characterization and giving it the glamour quotient mm-hmm. so i'm very particular oh. on that aspect so this is fascinating uh, two things come to my mind how does the actor particularly the lead actors how do they receive all these detailed instructions do they feel stifled or do they welcome it that you are doing the homework for them oh they very very much welcome it and especially when you can explain the technicalities to them and the vision to them in absolute clarity no actor ever has a problem <laughs> i haven't come across any actor who's had a problem when you go for their fits or to for the final supervision or to check it all out do you carry your assistants with you and how well versed are the assistant with the fabric and the styling that you have in mind i come from a zone of multitasking from 1980s so um, i carry my own thelis as well therefore when i go for my first fits and uh, uh, first fittings and stuff i go on my own and in terms of uh, the visualization and characterization is entirely my zone and then from there on in terms of buying the few uh, details that i require or being on set and seeing my vision through is always the assistants um you know they are more like hands uh, rather mm. than the brains yeah because there can only be one brain behind a particular visualization mm-hmm. they can't be 10 brains because so, all art is autocratic yes and i believe so as well so um you know you need multi like like when you're painting you need different brushes but there can only be one painter and there can only be one canvas yes so that's the way it is and i always uh, you know say that i take complete responsibility for whatever comes on screen it is not my assistants who are responsible it is me that is why every detail has to go through me and every detail of shoes to you know even the nail polish to hair has to go through me in fact when we are filming in case i am not on set um mm. you know at i start work at 6 in the morning despite the fact that i'm not on set my assistant uh, my ma- um, first assistant has to show me uh, what is the scene on that day we decide one day in advance the kind of clothes we are using it's shown to the director uh, either a day in advance or the same day in the morning and then i add the jewelry and everything uh, on on a video call thank god for mobile phones now and mm-hmm. then um once the hair and makeup is done on the actor they send me a photograph or they come on the video and i see it i approve it and then once they are in the outfit um a, a visual image is sent to me of the front and the back and mm-hmm. or and or a video is uh, a video call is done where i check the entire look before they walk to set my god you know we watch the film and we don't know the pain and the process that goes through it but i know that every person whether it was uh, jodha in uh, jodha akbar or paro in devdas or uh, sri devi in lamhe or recently uh, thalaivi herself kangna ranaut was stunning and uh, uh, so appropriately dressed and such perfect hair makeup and particularly in thalaivi even the prosthetics uh, were you involved in that too yes uh, in fact the the inner suit that kangana wears in the film 
yeah. is uh, handcrafted by me because uh, um, we were to get prosthetics from outside and uh, somehow it didn't just work out, uh, you know. And uh, because of what uh, has always been my, I foresee a lot of things and I kind of like to keep things organized beforehand. I created a, a suit, an inner suit for Kangana vis-a-vis her measurement on which... Um, uh, Jayama's measurements were made to create mm-hmm. her in her uh, later stage look. Yeah. And uh, when doing this, I uh, kept Jayama's uh, photograph in front of me and mm-hmm. chiseled and uh, molded the entire suit to look exactly like her arms, like her body. Yeah. And that is why if you see if you see a resemblance, it's because of that. My God, tell me, uh, do you sometimes wake up from your sleep haunted by these characters? Do these characters talk to you in your dreams? Every day. Every day. When I'm working on a project or when I'm working on the research, every single day I wake up, I always keep a paper pen in my uh, on the side bedside. And sometimes my husband thinks I'm absolutely cuckoo because I wake up at 2.33 in the morning and I sketch or I draw, I write. Mm. And then that helps me for my visualization process or uh, research process. You have had the most uh, amazing experiences in your career. Like you are probably uh, one of the only costume designers invited on the Oscar as a jury member. Yeah. Uh, were, were, were you flattered, surprised, uh, uh, nervous? What was your feeling when you were called? I was excited. Mm-hmm. I was very excited. And I was very humbled. Because mm-hmm. I don't know where the process is and how they uh, you know, plan to get you or invite you on a jury. Because this only comes by invitation from uh, the academy. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very, very humbled and did not realize, you know, that this In fact, in fact, uh, uh, when we had gone from Kangana's prosthetics to uh, LA in 2019, um, you know, in the evening, uh, I went to Dolby Theater one day and uh, with uh, the director and everybody and we had gone to watch a film. So I took a picture. In fact, uh, Vijay, the director, took that picture. Uh, I was sitting on the Dolby Theater steps and I told him, I said, Vijay, I'm going to come back here one day either for your film Oscars or I'm going to come back I don't know how, why and how and um, I think the next year immediately I got this call so as they say it's all about affirmations as they say it's all about the calling what you send out to the universe and I think that is what happened so uh, with so many movies so many uh, other uh, glories coming your way does the fashion world and uh, also the wedding season and the wedding uh, fever and the wedding, dressing up the brides, all that you started with, does it continue? Absolutely. It goes side by side. And thank God for I being a, a, a designer from the 80s where multitasking has become a part of my life. You know, it's not like a, a, a unidimensional thought process that I work with. I work yeah. on both. And yeah. also the fact that the 
line between fashion and film today has uh, uh, become slightly diffused where uh, the bride will see a movie and say i want a lehenga inspired by this movie yeah. so uh, which was not the case back in the 80s you know there was a big social taboo on films yeah and um I guess uh, um that also enables me as a designer to be able to create um and work on mainstream couture and bridals mm. um also the fact that when you work with a bride it is all about characterization again because you are working with a particular person her uh, her or his thought process mindset what are they looking at uh, uh, what is the kind of uh, uh, backdrop they are going to get married against uh, what is is it indoor outdoor what is the character of the girl or the uh, uh, groom that i'm dressing so yeah. everything is more so like how you dress a character from a film or an actor from a film mm. so i take it that way for my for when I, when i work with my brides and grooms so what is a day in neeta lulla's life when she is shooting for a film and when she is not shooting for a film so um i kind of deliberately try to make my day an 18 hour day Mm-hmm. and uh, i more so enjoyed bagda my mm-hmm. day begins with a 5:30 morning yoga meditation uh, journalizing going for a walk i come back i kind of organize my day schedule and uh, start my calls or whatever and then i go to work and whether it's a shoot or whether it's at a workshop you you go to have an office I have an office, a workshop, and my two stores. Uh, so either I'm at shoot, or I am at uh, work, and then uh, there, either at shoot, uh, working out the looks with the assistants on set, and then in between making calls to office, coordinating things, or at office where I am working on a new design or um, honoring the orders that we've taken on bridals. and then i come back home by 7:38 and um then i sit and work out what has to be done the next day or i want to do my accounts or designing sketching whatever goes on till about 9:30 10 and then i kind of meditate to calm down my process and uh, then it's the next day or at times i worked in late night sketching making new styles and mm. if i'm not doing that then i paint i i do oil on canvas so i paint till about 2 o'clock at night and then i call it a day what do you paint i do uh, canvases big canvases uh, and i do oil painting with my fingers or a uh-huh. couple of random brushes i do a lot of uh, abstracts aha uh-huh. and um, at sometimes i do certain uh, like a uh, like a deity maybe but generally it's more abstract is the stylist and uh, the diva the fashion icon uh, always well dressed and smashing or is she also completely well uh, casual looking like a regular girl so uh, the diva is normally casual in uh, in the workshop when i have to sit and uh, uh, you know create something new or when i'm sitting with my karigars but mm-hmm. however i owe this to hemant trivedi 
uh-huh. when I was uh, in college as a student. Uh, you know, we were graded for the way we looked every Monday, and this is the uh, the same ritual I carried on when I became a professor. And my nails had to be immaculate. Our hair had to be immaculate. We had to wear three to four inches heel shoes, and uh, you know, it was uh, it was something that was the look was judged. It was marked, and uh, because he always said that you are in the business of fashion, first learn. to groom yourself to style yourself and to see people around you students around you who style and groom themselves so you get an idea of how different structures and body types look in various clothes mm-hmm. also the fact that you are in the glamour business and to for people to connect and have faith in you you need to look the part and mm. i completely believe that thought process because that creates um, a visual aura where people kind of connect with you and then the technicalities of what you bring to the table seal it hmm. but your first impression is always your lasting impression hmm. and i guess you would have not asked me this question if if you never saw me the way i was dressed normally every time you are completely normal but when one sees you at a party you are smashing <laughs> So I guess that's that's uh, you know I normally ask my friends this as well I say do you want me to come to your house to chill and relax and you know have fun or do you want Neeta Lulla to come Ha huh. And so then so the friends who really want me to come they say no we want you to come And when I'm going for a party it is Neeta Lulla who goes Do you feel the average woman on the street and in daily life is far more fashion conscious today than say she was in the 80s i would say um women are generally by by nature very fashion conscious they love the gratification of um you know the way they look and uh, the how people uh, see them looking only the difference now is that it has the scale has changed you know mm. when my mom and uh, my professors and all dressed even if it was a simple cotton or gandhi saree mm. with the kind of hairstyle they did or the kind of jewelry they wore they looked so smashing mm. you know and at that point in time it was not about seeing your mom in a in a in trousers and boots and jeans and shirts but things changed you know and things changed and people started and women started going out to work more women started becoming more fashion conscious with uh television with you know more access to uh fashion on uh magazines and then social media digital so the perception of style changed and fashion being such a process which is ever evolving though cyclical i think it it has changed the perception and today you see even when parents go for a pta meeting a mother would be in a short dress or jeans and shoes and stilettos with you know so everybody is still fashion conscious of course i remember my son always telling me don't come to my school in your jeans and boots please wear a saree and come or a shalwar kurta <laughs> and I would never know for the life of me whether I should from work run home to change into a sari and run back to school it used to be quite an ordeal but yeah that was how it was huh. 
but today i don't think it makes a difference to a lot of kids because this is the fashion statement what would you like to say to all those who are fantasizing a career in styling and wondering how to get in there or somebody who is fantasizing assisting you and not knowing how to knock on your door today everybody knows how to knock on any designer's door whether it is through social media instagram everybody has everybody's mail ids and whatsapp you know people do by default just send messages and i would say this that um knowing your craft with a well grounded foundation which is education in the field is most important secondly um you know understanding what you are good at everybody wants to be a stylist but maybe you're not cut out to be a stylist maybe you're cut out to be an illustrator so be true to yourself and your craft because that is what is going to take you very far in life yeah. thirdly you know uh, when you are connecting with someone who has a busy schedule or has a seniority uh, learn the way you connect with them because um, you know that is what is going to create your impression because sometimes i get these calls on whatsapp messages saying hi can i send you my profile because i would like to work with you i mean this yeah. is not how you how you uh, approach you know someone yeah. who is way senior yeah they are very uh, informal and they have no protocol yeah so that somewhere i think still needs to be maintained because uh, that kind of um, you know brings about a kind of a, a thought process whether um, you know what is to be expected out of the person it's not a judgment but it is what is to be expected because um i've got so many calls saying hi i i would like to work with you i and i would like to do styling so um uh, let me know if i can send you my profile hmm. <laughs> uh, what would you say to that you know yeah yeah so anyway what we have not touched upon is that uh, how did you react to your four national awards and what was the experience like being uh, at the rashtrapati bhavan uh, amidst all the other stalwarts so um bhavna to be very honest with you i did not realize what a national award was when i got my first national award it was announced and i said okay this is an award i was very happy and i said theek hai but yeah. i was very busy working on the juma chuma shows you know what the juma chuma yeah. shows used to be like at that point in time yes and i was very busy making shri devi's clothes and apart from doing the shows i was even doing of films so yeah. you can understand the amount of the magnitude of work that was going on and at that point in time my husband was all over the place very excited he said we'll have to go to delhi and you know whatever whatever so i just turned around and told him i said listen you go to delhi and pick up this award i am not going i am very busy <laughs> so so he kind of looked at me like i was a little cuckoo and uh, you know um, there were times that he used to come to drop me for a shoot um if it was a photo shoot and um he happened to tell shri devi that she is not going for her award so she looked at me and um, then she just smiled at him and you know he um, he had left so she she said come sit down do you know what a national award is i said no i don't know what it is he will go but i have to finish your clothes so yeah. she was like listen the, nobody is running away you are going for the national award and it was like we are talking today and it was day after she said you are going for that award and you're coming back and then finishing my clothes 
So sweet. So, so I have actually gone to the national awards. My Air India flight was booked in the morning, and mm. I've reached there at like about two o'clock. Got ready and gone. Uh, you mm. know, normally they have a four o'clock, and four yeah. um, o'clock. So two two thirty or so, I have gone to Rashtrapati Bhavan, and even then, I've not realized the magnitude. I'm sitting in the hall. I've not realized the magnitude. I'm seeing uh, Sri Venkatramanan giving out the awards, and I still haven't realized. But when I went, when they called out my name, and I went on stage, my mm. hands and feet were trembling. Mm. That is when I realized that. like you know what it was because suddenly in front i saw all these dignitaries sitting and i saw the faces of a lot of ministers that i would have just seen in the paper and yes. i i froze yeah so that was my first experience of national award then the second one happened i was pretty happy and elated and i went for the award and mm. um, when the third one happened i remember they calling me and saying aap to abhi ghar ki ho gayi ho हाइएस्ट award that yes. is given uh, was given to me four times in a row yeah. um is just um for me reciprocation of my uh, my audiences watching the film loving my efforts and my work and you know i i get very humbled and i i thank the lord and i thank everyone who make this possible of course i don't go into a big speech but yes this is my um, kind of this is what i feel they'll say sudita so, chatting with you has been fabulous uh, uh, the journey has been fabulous and i'm sure that now there are no unfulfilled dreams or is there any single dream that you still aspire for we always dream and we always aspire and i think uh, the blessing should always be that please dream and aspire till the day you cannot do that anymore when you are no more yes but bhavna thank you so much and it is always lovely to talk to you because you've always been someone i've always looked up to and and you respected i've you know i've seen your journey you've seen my journey i've seen you from g magazine to yeah. today and um, we share a very special bond and um, extremely honored for this thank you and nobody dresses the heroines as femininely as you do i love the way the girls look on the screen thank you so much bhavna and i must say that bhavna is the only only person who after every film of mine will call me and say that you know you did a tremendous job and i love the 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 saharas that you gave over here i love this yeah. portion of of the juda that you have given i love the sari or she'll say you know i saw the film the film theek hai lekin your work was also theek hai so she is a very honest and um, fabulous critic thank you so much Thank you for tuning in. If you have liked this episode, do comment. Do rate on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Hubhopper, Castbox, 
Spotify, Geo Savan, so that you get notified when we come next. Stay tuned for the next episode with yet another guest. And until then, take great care of yourself.